the perception veil, shrouded in the fabric of the unexplained, cloaked in the foreboding of the unknown. Lift the shade on the unlikely and open your mind to an experience so beyond the pale of reality. Your only hope lies in penetrating the apparitional facade of the absolute. A warning, if you ever encounter the creature we are about to mention in this story, your only hope for survival is whether it chooses to leave you alone. Growing up, I was always aware of supernatural things. It was just a feeling of not being alone. I mean, it wasn't always that way, but for a good part of my life, I have been cognizant of entities when they are around. (laughs) There was a ghost that would purposefully scare my brother and me when we misbehaved. And there are paranormal things that happen that I can't really explain. Honestly, I could write a book about all of the things I have experienced. But the story I'm about to tell you, I'm not sure I would include in that book. Just remembering it gives me tremendous anxiety. It is the scariest thing to ever happen to me, but I'll do my best to not leave any detail out. I was 17 the first time I came in contact with it. This particular night, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. We were up really late. It was like 1.30 in the morning. We were just BSing about complete nonsense. Nothing different than what normal teenagers do today. I lived in a fairly small house, but it had an open layout. It was about the size of a two-bedroom apartment. We had a living room that bled over into the dining room. Between the dining room and the living room was a door frame that led to the kitchen. Off the kitchen was my mom's bedroom to the right. Between the living room and dining room was a space with barely enough room to fit a linen closet and two doors. One which led to the bathroom and one that led to mine in my brother's room. Anyway, so my friend and I were just talking and carrying on when I looked up and noticed someone or something peeking at me from behind the wall in the kitchen. I froze. For a second, I thought I was just seeing things, but it noticed me and quickly ducked into the kitchen. Very quietly, I told my friend that someone was in the house. (laughs) You're going to be the headline in tomorrow's paper. No, I'm serious. Get ready to call the cops. I'm going to go check it out. Uh, Hey, man, I'm I'm sorry about that crack before. Look, I'll be ready to call 911 if you need help. Very slowly, I made my way to the opening. The lights were off in the kitchen, but there was enough light from other rooms that I could see a little bit. When I reached the frame and looked into the kitchen... I saw, well, I don't even know how to describe it, really. It was a man, I think. He was completely black, like he'd been burned to a crisp, with bandages all over his body. Some of the bandages were hanging off. They looked really old and tattered. It was hunched over, 
facing the wall, and I was completely frozen in fear. It turned to me, and it took everything in me not to scream. It had no eyes. Instead, there were two black holes where they should have been. Its mouth was open, and the teeth that he had were noticeably yellow. We stared at each other for a second, maybe two, and it lunged at me. My reaction was to turn on the kitchen light, and when I did, it was gone. Now, again, you have to understand that my family and I have seen ghosts. It's not uncommon for us. I mean, seeing a burned-to-the-crisp man in your kitchen is pretty freaky, and I was scared, and I'm not sure what I would have done if it had still been there when the light came on. But I'm just letting you know how I acted as calmly as I did when I saw this frightening, crispy thing. Hey, you okay? My friend asked, still hanging on the phone with me. I took a seat at the kitchen table and assured my friend I was okay. Uh, Just ghosties doing their ghosty business, I guess, I told him. He responded that I needed to get more sleep. He wasn't wrong. I did have serious insomnia during those days. I told him that he didn't need to worry. There wasn't anyone physically in the house, and I was going to take his advice and go to bed. We said goodnight to each other and we hung up, promising to talk again in the morning. And I walked back to my bedroom. After a few moments, I heard a sound coming again from the kitchen. It sounded like nails on the tile. Do you know that sound when a dog walks on hardwood floors? It kind of sounded like that. We had a dog, so this didn't scare me because I thought it was my dog walking in the kitchen. My dog liked to sleep on the bed with my mother, but would squeeze through the crack in the door and roam the house occasionally. After the fright I had just had, I wanted the dog with me, so I got up to retrieve her from the kitchen. (laughs) And to this day, I wish I would not have done that, because it was not my dog making that noise in the kitchen. Once again, I saw the burned, bandaged creature crawling around the floor like a spider. Its arms were bent opposite of how they should have been. Its knees were doing the same thing. It crawled up and down the small path in our kitchen. And when it noticed me, it stopped. Its head stayed down, facing the floor adjusted its body to face me. I ran into my mom's room and jumped on her bed, which woke her up with a fright, and she demanded to know what was wrong. I had no idea how to explain what I had seen to her. So I just said that I had a nightmare and asked her if I could sleep with her that night. She agreed and almost immediately fell back asleep but I could still hear the creature crawling around in the kitchen. The bedroom door was still open from me having flung it wide when I rushed in. I looked through the open door, and I could see it, doing circles in the kitchen, just spinning 
in a single spot. Then it began to crawl towards me. I threw the blankets over my head, and I began reciting the Lord's Prayer over and over again, squeezing my eyes shut. I felt the pressure of it crawling onto the bed. I felt its weight on my legs. I felt its weight on my chest. It stayed on my chest for two chants of the Lord's Prayer, and then it vanished. Or at least I couldn't feel the pressure anymore. But I could hear it crawling around the kitchen again. Then it made its way back into my mother's room, onto her bed, and it crawled right back onto my chest again. I had never been so scared in my entire life. Now, my grandmother and mother always said that when you're afraid to call upon the Lord, He will protect you. I believe that He was there protecting me as I said the Lord's Prayer again over and over. Perhaps something worse would have happened if I hadn't been praying? I'll never know. Whatever this thing was, it was strong enough to manifest itself into something physical. Or at least allow me to acknowledge that it could touch me. I really can't answer how I was able to keep my wits for so long, feeling it and hearing it, the way it taunted me, because I do believe that is what it was doing as it rested on my chest, only to move back into the kitchen and repeat itself. I was just glued there, blankets over my head, eyes squeezed shut, and trying with all my might to focus only on praying the Lord's Prayer. I absolutely felt threatened the entire time this was going on. You know that feeling you get when you do a loop on a roller coaster, how your heart flips, your stomach knots, and for a single moment, the only thing you can focus on is your mortality and how easy it would be for the belt to break or the clamps to unlock. That adrenaline you get when the moment after you cleared that loop, you feel as if you defied everything, and anything is possible. Now imagine all of those feelings mixed together, but the moment ticks on with no end. That is how I still feel with this memory. Do I believe it could have hurt me? Definitely. Why didn't it hurt me? I don't know. Maybe it took more pleasure in my fear than it would in my pain. This continued for the rest of the night. It felt like an eternity, but in reality, it was probably about two hours before the sun began to rise. And once the sun was up, I flew out of the house, still in my PJs, and made my way to my grandmother's house. She was an extremely early riser, and I knew she'd be awake. Once I got there, I told her everything that had happened that night. I was crying and shaking. I was just a complete mess. She did her best to calm me down and said that we needed our house to be blessed and offered to do a few prayers in the house. She did say the prayers and walked through the place. We went to church and got some holy water, and she told me to keep it within reach of me every time I went to bed. Sometimes I'd get the sense that it was watching me. It was rare, but when that did happen, I would leave the house and spend the night somewhere else. 
One of the things that really made me wonder, and this is weeks and weeks after this first incident, but what really made me wonder was that my mother could not sense it. She never woke up while it was on top of the bed, on top of me, with her beside me. I never wanted to see anything like that ever again, but unfortunately, I did. But in this instance, it happened in bright daylight and outside. I was in my early 20s, so about six or seven years after the first event. I was visiting friends who were still in college, and I was hanging out at their apartment for a few days. They were both in class for another few hours, and I had some time to myself. I needed some cigarettes and some beer for later on. There was a convenience store not far from their complex, so I made the short walk there. I was on my way back when I heard some rustling in a wooded area that ran behind my friend's apartment complex. I looked in the direction of the sound, and to my horror, saw not one of those crisp, charred creatures. Not two. Instead, I saw three of those creatures, pitch black from head to toe. And this time, I didn't see anything that resembled clothing or bandages. Upon first glance, it looked as if they were ritualistically walking in a circle. They were swaying with their hands in the air, moving back and forth. Their arms and fingers were longer and bonier than any human's. I got a little freaked out again and ducked out of sight as quickly as I could. I kept looking at them, hoping I was hidden well enough. Unfortunately, I was not. As I was peering at them, trying to make sense of the whole scene, one of them saw me or felt my presence and turned its head toward me. This one broke from the circle, hunched over, and started that same crab crawling I remembered from years before towards me. I estimated this creature to be about eight feet tall if it were standing straight up, but now on all fours heading my way, it was more like three feet tall. The other two must have sensed something was up, so they took off deeper into the woods. As they were running away, though, one of them let out this awful, bone-chilling scream. I could see its mouth as it screamed, and it was elongated more than a human could extend their jaw. I started throwing things in the direction of the creature approaching me. The thing I had the most of in my possession was the 12-pack of beer I had just purchased. So I started hurling full beer cans at the creature charging me, while also trying to hurry back to the apartment. I could hear the screams getting louder and louder, even as the two went deeper into the forest. I'm running and throwing and running and throwing, and I could hear the crab-crawling creature behind me like he was chasing me. But I felt like if it wanted to catch me, it could have. But it didn't. Again, maybe it was just feeding off my fear. I assume it joined the other two in the woods, but I never looked back to see. I made it to the apartment, closed all the curtains, smoked half a pack of the cigarettes, 
and drank the only two beers that survived the trip back. I know I can't be the only person who has seen a creature like this or experienced what it can do. My biggest hope is that I can find someone who may be able to shed some light on this whole thing. I am 31 now, but this has never left me. I do my best not to think about it, but when it flutters back to the surface of my mind, I experience that first night as if it were the first time. It still scares me. No bodily scars, but the mental ones last a lifetime. A crucible of fear can occasionally make you stronger, or it may leave you whimpering in the corner, praying that creature never appears again. There are mysteries that are well beyond our comprehension, that escape the grasp of scientific discovery. Perhaps the paranormal realm is best left beyond the perception veil. Hey, this is Steve White, the host of The Perception Mail. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Most of the stories that I will do here are ones that were submitted to me by people who actually had these experiences. If you have had a strange experience with the paranormal, or something happened to you or a loved one, that defies rational explanations, and you would like to share that experience with me, I'd love to hear about it. Maybe it will wind up in a future episode. You can tell me about your experience at theperceptionveil at gmail.com. Also, if you like what I'm doing here and would like to support the work, you can buy me a coffee. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks again. Your support is greatly appreciated. And... I will see you on the other side of the veil soon.